1: Har, yar, har, I just got home from Maine. Yay! (laughs) I don't know why I sounded like a pirate when I sang
0: that. Well, everybody in Maine is a pirate.
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of coastline, and uh, you can sneak attack pretty good there.
0: You can sneak attack?
1: Sneak attack, like pirate attack, like... Like who's expecting someone in Maine?
0: <laughs> Nobody expects the Mainish Inquisition.:
1: Exactly. and like that. What beach? do you
0: call someone from Maine? Aside from a pirate, obviously.
1: A badass?
0: <laughs> Would it be a mainlander?
1: That sounds like they live on the mainland.
0: A mainer?
1: May- a mainer? Uh, a m- Mainer? I don't know. A, a lobster roll. Friend, I don't know <laughs> a lobsterer.
0: A friend of the lobsters. Well, that, Actually, no. It'd probably be an enemy of the lobsters. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say. I don't think the lobsters like Maine that much. <laughs> a mainer. It is a mainer.
0: Yep. Mainer are <laughs> residents who make the state of Maine their home.
1: Oh, that's so lovely. Well, yeah. that's very nice, mainers. Yeah. So I just got back. Uh, I had a wonderful trip. I ate lots of lobster. Uh, we went to a really cool beach that would be a perfect place for pirates to sneak up on because the mist comes be. in and it looks like a damn horror movie or like a Pirates of the Caribbean movie or something.
0: Yeah, although the ship would probably have trouble getting in. Well, there was the one lighthouse there.
1: There was a lighthouse, yes, but
0: that disappeared I try into to the darkness. A ship, I wouldn't want to try to navigate a ship up the that little um, inlet through all the mist. Well,
1: they'd probably. Dot, like, anchor the ship offshore where they know it's deep enough, and then they would bring in their little rowboats. Like, I'm a pirate, oh. so I just, I, I just, I'm just telling you how it would go down.
0: How yeah. you would do it.
1: Yeah, how I would do it. Yeah,
0: this isn't, this isn't how they would do it. This is how Heather would do it. Well,
1: I am a pirate, so.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing I'm really excited about is I came in here to record because, you know, it's been a couple weeks, y'all. Um, and I found my grandma's flannel that I could not, I am not. Seen since like I went to Ashley's wedding, and oh. I was so terrified. I like left it in San Diego somewhere, and I walked in here, and it was like bunched in a corner over here, and I went, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like.
0: Ah, uh, yes, and all that was lost is once again found.
1: Yeah, I had a very emotional moment. I was like, if anyone has, like, a, a thing from a, a relative or something, like, and I, I it's also, like, my most cozy flannel ever. Yeah, and, if there's
0: an article of clothing that I associate with you, it's that flannel.
1: Exactly, and it was my, my mom's mom who passed away a few years ago, and um, it's, like, my favorite thing in the world. I get to keep it Yay. when... Yeah, so I love
0: it. It's a Fourth of July miracle. It is.
1: Oh yes, hello. It is the Fourth of July. Wow, I did not pick the story based on that. <laughs> <laughs> the story's called "Fuck You, America." No, it's not actually. But <laughs> wow,
0: that's um, that's a little on the nose. Hey, uh, I got one for you. How come there aren't any knock-knock jokes about America?
1: Because we're stuck here. I don't know.
0: <laughs> because freedom rings.
1: Ew. (laughs) Yeah, I had a very long day at the Betsy Ross house. It was incredibly busy. Um, Not surprising. Tomorrow's the 4th of July. Everybody just wants
0: to get their freedom in.
1: They do, but everyone was really nice. I had a a pretty um, good time passed very quickly because when you're that busy there, you don't realize that you're doing 15-minute monologues, like one after the other, after the other, after the other, and then you're like, oh, it's one forty-five. I should eat lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes at the B at the B Ross House. Over at
0: the B Ross.
1: Over at the B Ross. But yeah, so I've had a good week. Um, got to see Ken show. It was fab fabu. Um, Yay! And got to see all, a lot of the cast that I had met when I was out in Utah visiting you and uh, a year ago. Yes, exactly a year ago we were in Zion. So yes. Yeah. Um. So it was very fun to reconnect, and I just. I freaking love Maine. If we have any listeners from Maine, um, can you tell me how to get a job up there so I can live there? Because I fucking love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is beautiful up here. It's so pretty. The people are super cool.
1: Oh, and we met a minor celebrity while we were there. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we were just like, we went out for brunch uh, and we decided on this uh, diner and it was freaking delicious. And while we were sitting there Ken looks out the window so we were sitting in like the the seat in the in the window and but inside and Ken looks outside and he's like that looks like the guy from New Girl you know uh, Sam the guy who plays Sam in New Girl and I look out and I go no that definitely is him <laughs> like that is him and so we do a quick Google and turns out David Walton who is the the actor who plays Sam on New Girl has recently moved to Portland, Maine with his his wife and children. So uh, there he was, and I definitely went up and said something because I think you know if you've listened to this podcast ever how much we love New Girl.
0: <laughs> it's come up once or twice. Just
1: once or twice. Uh, and I was wearing this new cardigan I got in Portland with, like, little daisies on it. It was so a just-day cardigan. Like, it was so, like, cheerful and lovely, and I was so happy that that was my choice for the day that I'd gotten the day before. Uh, And he got a selfie with me. He was very lovely. Um, Just kind of not... I normally would not approach celebrities because we see them all the time in New York and, and, you know, in our life. But when you see a celebrity in Brunswick, Maine...
0: At the Broadway Delicatessen. At
1: the Broadway Deli.
0: So, hey, David, if you're listening, and I certainly hope you are, uh, it was nice to see you.
1: Nice to see you, and thanks for the picture. It was very nice, and thank you to your friends for allowing it, even though you were on your way out. I didn't want to interrupt, so. But yeah, so it's been an eventful week, Um, but I was, I just got home from my Betsy shift, and I said, hey, Ken, let's do a podcast. (laughs) Remember that thing we do together sometimes? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Doing that thing we do. So, yeah. Hey, listeners. Um, Welcome back to the podcast as usual. Uh, Here at Campfire Classics, if this is your first time listening, and if we're doing our job right, every episode is somebody's first episode. Hi. And we seem to be doing our job right a lot lately because we've been getting some pretty good numbers. Yeah. Uh, What we do here is cold read short stories that we have pulled out of public domain and we uh we read them for you for the first time with no idea what's coming next and along the way we say stupid shit
1: we say a lot of stupid shit yeah, yeah. if you couldn't tell already from that very very focused intro <laughs> <laughs> um and this week i i got to pick a story for kenneth um if you haven't heard him read enough lately um <laughs> he's been killing it with the poo stories and the new uh the new since he finished pooh I'm glad you finished poo I'm glad you yeah, finished pooh poo poo, baby <laughs> yeah we're
0: we're out of poo breaks until January at the very earliest because so we have now to wait for the psychotic breaks yeah we
1: have to wait for the next book to go into public domain so he's doing psychotic breaks which is I believe you're doing HP Lovecrafts uh
0: that was that was this last week uh I'm gonna go through and just try to um Rep a few others so that if we hit another stretch like this, they're ready to go. Great. Um, but yeah, this this it was an H.P. Lovecraft story about a guy who goes crazy.
1: I love it. So I almost Making it
0: just an H.P. Lovecraft story.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's just kind of what it is, right? Um, yeah. So I actually almost picked an H.P. Lovecraft this week, and then I remembered you had just done one last week, so I was like, mm, maybe not. And then I went. What is on my mind today? As I was picking the story, and
0: Georgia is Georgia. Um, on your there mind? was
1: a man from Georgia today who was very chatty with me, and he was lovely. He goes, "Do you know where I'm from?" And I go, "Somewhere south of here, sir, I do believe." <laughs> That's all I said. Uh, some of the interactions I have, but no, Georgia is not on my mind. But one thing that is on my mind, because another thing I did this week are witches. I did, ah. just just to be sure, I didn't do any witches. I stopped in Salem, Massachusetts. And it was awesome. <laughs> so anyone who's listened to the podcast knows that I'm a little witchy woman, and um I had never Ooh. been to Salem. Ooh. Witchy woman. And while I was in Maine, I found a few four-leaf clovers, and Ken even wrote back and said, you are a witch. And I was like, I am. So, I stopped in Salem. So, this week, our story has to do with witches. And so, because why not? Um, but before I tell you what that story is, the fun facts, because it is an author we have done before, the fun facts are going to be five famous witches.
0: <laughs> All right.
1: So, of course, we all know that the uh, the most famous witches that most of us know of are, of course, the Salem witches in the Salem witch trial, which were actually not witches, most likely. Um, so if you know anything about that or if you got were the one of the lucky ones to do uh, the crucible in high school, you know the story well. It is very accurate. So I went to the Salem Witch Museum yesterday and... I was like, "This is just the Crucible with animatronic weird statues." (laughs) Yeah, because it. Yeah,
0: it's it's crappy. It's a Small World. Does the Crucible? Does
1: the Crucible? Because Arthur Miller totally ripped off that story, man. (laughs) Like it is. Yeah, he
0: totally ripped off real life. Real
1: life, but like it. I didn't real. I guess I didn't realize how like detail for detail that
0: oh, actually was. The Crucible is basically just documentary theater making.
1: Yeah, I didn't I did not realize. Like I knew that like I knew Tituba and I knew like uh the the proctors and I knew but I guess I thought it had been dramatized a lot more than it actually had been. Uh
0: nope, you don't need to. <laughs>
1: you don't need to dramatize crazy. That's that's what we say. Um so of course you know those so I won't go into it a lot but um Basically, what I'm going to cover with these five people is that, in general, women get labeled as witches because they're badasses and they tend to reform against society. So, the male patriarchy throughout history, because some of these go back way, way back, go, oh, they must be a witch. (laughs) Because that's the easiest way to... You know, get, yeah. get rid of a lady who's challenging who's challenging them. So um, so the women that were included in the witch trial, first of all, before I go on to the next one, just to say, they were um, women who were outspoken or argumentative, who had had sex out of wedlock, or who were deemed too fertile, or not fertile enough, or broke any rule in the Bible. So, yeah. So they were just women that did not adhere to Puritan society. Anyone who
0: pissed off anyone. Yeah,
1: basically. So there's that. And then we go on to way back in the day, and you might know this name if you are familiar with Shakespeare, is Hecate, who is the mother of darkness. And uh, Hecate is a Greek goddess of witchcraft and magic. She rules over the darkness and the moon, and today is a full moon in Capricorn, y'all. So I thought the witchy theme was also pretty, pretty good for today.
0: I didn't know that today's a full moon.
1: Yes, it's a, I saw it last night rising over New York, and it was bright red hmm. and huge. And I, I was like, there's no way I can take a picture because I'm driving, and also it won't capture it. It was just magical. Anyway, going going forward. Uh, Hecate is the guardian of thresholds and liminal spaces, and uh, she actually was the person who guided Persephone to and from the underworld, which I did not know. Okay. Um, In ancient times, she was believed to protect people from roaming evil spirits. Now, she also had a deep knowledge of herbology, which is often why witches get labeled as witches. It's people that are natural healers because modern witches or Wiccan or anyone who— associates themselves with that kind of of practice they are very in touch with nature and very in touch with like natural remedies so Hecate was um, really good at poisons and hallucinogens such as hemlock, mandrake and opium so basically she's a good time
0: Uh, (laughs) she's just a drug dealer
1: she's just a fucking like ancient drug dealer um (laughs) These plants are, of course, dangerous and mind-altering. Like, they can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing, and they're they're mind-altering when you know what you're doing. And they're kind of mysterious. So, um, But they're also thought to bring the user consciousness that is closer to the spirit world, which is why uh, I've actually been looking, uh, seeing some documentaries recently about um, hallucinogens and, like, opening up and uh, healing from trauma and stuff because you see things like that. So that's Hecate, who I only knew from Macbeth, and I'll just say she's uh, uh, not not that necessarily. <laughs> of course, Shakespeare Depends wrote, on
0: your interpretation of math. Well,
1: yes, yes, and also uh, Macbeth wrote that for King John, who— literally changed the Bible to include the word witches throughout it so that we could burn yeah. them. So that's a whole another story. Um, then we have Lilith, who is the first feminist goddess, really. So Lilith is, if you are not Jewish, she is of Jewish mythology and technically now I actually did not know this. She was the first woman created by God before Eve. So she was, mm-hmm. she was Adam's original lady But she was not having it. So she refused to be subservient to Adam. So she got kicked the fuck out of paradise and was forced to have 100 demon babies every day she didn't agree to return. And she never did.
0: So she's still out there (laughs) cranking out 100 demons a day. And
1: we wonder why the fucking world's a mess, man. Like... Because of this fierce independence and unapologetic sexuality and, like, outspokenness, she is considered a, a witch and a goddess uh, at the same time, which I'm super
0: into. <laughs> which is cool and everything, but she's not a very productive witch. I mean, if you're giving birth to 100 demons every single day, that's for an hour.
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, that's got to be painful. I you're, mean, you're at this going, point, they're you're just going like into slipping labor out.
0: You are going into labor with a demon baby every fifteen minutes. That's
1: punishment enough. Like,
0: like well, and like you can't, you can't get anything else done. That's your whole day, literally.
1: That, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess she has been like doomed to purgatory for with that as her. Yeah. So now she is worshipped. She is associated much like Hecate with the darkness and the moon. So, uh, that, is another, that is what people pray to Lilith for. Then we have Morgan Le Fay, which you probably have heard of if you are familiar with the King Arthur stories. Sure. So, she is a legendary fairy queen. And she was uh, a charming and beautiful sorceress that was connected to King Arthur. She was connected to the Irish goddess Morrigan, who is associated with war and death. Uh, early works of Morgan Le Fay include like um, uh, 12th century poetry and they portray her as this witch with a powerful um, and a powerful healer to King Arthur. And then, of course, as, as things progress, people started going from powerful healer to demon. So uh, in the 13th century, her character expands uh, to that more of an anti heroine. She is sent to a coven where she becomes Merlin's apprentice and lover, and she is believed to also be a shapeshifter and be able to transform from anything beautiful, like a fairy queen, to something monstrous or, like, a, a mermaid or, a, like, a, almost a siren. Um, so her narrative shifted from this like lovely fairy healer to this like anti-hero who lures people to their death.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: As we do. And uh so all because then because
0: she started sleeping with Merlin.
1: I mean, that guy was fucked up. That's all I guess to say. Um then we have he lived s-
0: backwards. He was Benjamin Button. He,
1: that's true. That's true. He he's kinda like he's kind of like the Red Woman from Game of Thrones. Like he kind of fucked up. He didn't get it right necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Yes, you are the chosen one. You're gonna have some shit go down though. So then we have Cersei, who is the herbal sorceress, not to be not to be confused not with Cersei Lannister. from Game of Thrones. Um she was also very, very uh uh connected to magical herbs and potions. She was of Greek, Greek uh Um, myth mythology and she's often depicted with a magic wand which is the first magic wand we've seen and that connects witches to now of course we meet her in homer's epic tale the odyssey if you are familiar Mm -hmm. with that so she is the one who invites the companions to a feast and laces their meal with some sort of strange potion and they all turn into pigs (laughs) And that's fucking hilarious. So um, I kind of like her because those guys were not nice. I'm just going to point that out. You reread that and you're like, they deserved that.
0: (laughs) There's a reason they were turned into pigs.
1: Yep. And go read the book if you want to know how they got out of that shit. But um, she also has a plant named after her, which is a type of nightshade. And um, they believe that that was the plant she used to charm and lure in her victims. Hmm. And then finally, we're going to go with Baba Yaga.
0: Baba Yaga? Oh,
1: you know know it. Baba Yaga? Baba Yaga, yeah. Baba Yaga, which when I first read it, I thought it said Baby Yoda. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Baby Yoda. So Baba Yaga uh, is the Crone of the Woods. She's of Slavic, Slavic folklore. So we've had Greek, we've had biblical, we've had Hebrew, we've had, you know, America. (laughs) Um... So this is the final one, and she's of Slavic folklore. is a wild crone that is uh, very much like, kind of the, the the witch that we think of, the kind of the old lady. Mm-hmm. She's like the old lady who lives in the woods alone, and like she rides around on a mortar, carrying her pestle. <laughs> so she's just riding around her giant bowl, like.
0: Carrying a freaking stone mallet. A stone
1: mallet to like crush up her herbs. So she's like this old woman. She's got spindly chicken legs. Um, She's very horrifying. Um, She's kind of like she has blood curdling shrieks that howl out of the woods. Um, And despite all this, she has been known. What she's actually known for is to aid heroes on their quest and to cook and devour the less fortunate souls. <laughs> so what I did Witches love is
0: have a long and glorious history.
1: They do, and they continue on. And I, um, I learned a lot yesterday, and I'm going. And I bought some some witchy woo woo um, to have going tonight under the full moon, because woo woo woo. And today doesn't,
0: doesn't Baba Yaga have that? The she lives in a cabin that has giant chicken legs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like giant chicken legs, and it moves. Yeah, I I think I read the note wrong. It's she doesn't have chicken legs; the house has chicken legs. Her her house, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real creepy. There's also a children's book that's like from the '80s that is called Baba Yaga, and it sounds terrifying. While I was like researching the the notes, it came up, and I was like, I think I read this when I was a kid, like. It takes Hansel and Gretel to a whole fucking new level. It's like, whoa! So today you will be reading a story called Young Goodman Brown by of the Scarlet Letter fame Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh,
0: excellent! Yes.
1: Yeah, so good. Let's uh, let's scooch on back to Puritan New England and take it away.
0: That's where they take witches seriously. Yep. All right, let's start this fire. Woo! Young Goodman Brown, by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Young Goodman Brown came forth at sunset into the street of Salem Village.
1: I've been there!
0: (laughs) But put his head back after crossing the threshold to exchange a parting kiss with his young wife. And Faith, as the wife was aptly named, thrust her own pretty head into the street, letting the wind play with the pink ribbons of her cap, while she called to Goodman Brown. Dearest heart, whispered she softly, and rather sadly, when her lips were close to his ear. Prithy, put off your journey until sunrise and sleep in your own bed tonight.
1: Faith is horny. She horny. (laughs) She's like, baby, come back to bed. I put on my pretty pink ribbon.
0: A lone woman is troubled with such dreams and such thoughts that she's afeard of herself sometimes. Pray, tarry with me this night, dear husband, of all nights in the year. That's
1: dirty. Tarry with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a whole, pray tarry with me. That's, that's a, that's a, the Puritan way of fuck me.
0: <laughs> pray tarry. It's okay. It's biblical. It's I said bi- pray.
1: It's biblical. We'll call Lilith in. It'll be fun.
0: Let's get biblical. They begattin' all over that thing.
1: We begat, do, 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 do. We begat. Do, 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 do. I, don't, I don't know why that was to Baby Shark. Baby Shark? <laughs> I blame the internet.
0: My love and my faith, replied young Goodman Brown. Of all nights in the year, this one night must I tarry away from thee. My journey, as thou callest it, forth and back again must needs be done twixt now and sunrise. What, my sweet pretty wife, dost thou doubt me already, and we but three months married? Then God bless you, said Faith, with the pink ribbons, and may you find all well when you come back. That's it. A... Amen, cried Goodman Brown. Say thy prayers, dear faith, and go to bed at dusk and no harm will come to thee.
1: I wonder what night it is. Is it Halloween? <laughs>
0: like... I don't know, but um I think promising if you say your prayers and go to bed nothing bad will happen. That doesn't sound good. No,
1: it doesn't sound like we got good things on our way. We're we're in fucking Salem in the 1600s. And... This is
0: already starting to sound like the guy who set up his wife to get robbed.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh that's right. That which was like one of the last stories we did together. Yeah. That one was good. I I hope it's not that. <laughs> maybe he's setting up his wife to have a visit from a witch. I don't <laughs> Or maybe or to he's one? He's visiting a witch. Uh I don't know what's about to happen. Her name's Faith, which makes me nervous. <laughs>
0: Maybe he's off to find a cape as red as blood, a cow as white as milk. Yeah, but it takes two.
1: It takes two.
0: (laughs) It takes two, baby. It takes two, baby. Me and you.
1: It just takes two.
0: (laughs) So they parted. And the young man pursued his way until, being about to turn the corner by the meeting-house, he looked back and saw the head of Faith still peeping after him with a melancholy air in spite of her pink ribbons. Poor little Faith, thought he, for his heart smote him. What a wretch am I to leave her on such an errand. She talks of dreams, too. Methought, as she spoke, there was trouble in her face, as if a dream had warned her what work is to be done tonight. But no, no, Twould kill her to think it. Well, she's a blessed angel on earth, and after this one night, I'll cling to her skirts and follow her to heaven.
1: What the fuck is he about to go do?
0: There's definitely some shit about to go down.
1: He's about to, like, go hang a witch or some sh- or, like, something crazy, like he, is, Hang he knows, a witch,
0: bang a witch, you know
1: he, he knows he's up to no good right now <laughs> He's like what a terrible person I am to leave her like this it's okay when I'm done I'll come home and be a good boy yeah yeah Goodman Brown up to no good <laughs> he, he bad boy Brown
0: bad bad bad, bad Goodman Brown.
1: Brown bad bad Goodman Brown baddest man in Salem town.
0: With this excellent resolve for the future, Goodman Brown felt himself justified in making more haste on his present evil purpose. No! He had taken a dreary road, darkened by all the gloomiest trees in the forest, which barely stood aside to let the narrow path creep through and closed immediately behind. It was all as lonely as could be, and there is this peculiarity in such a solitude that the traveler knows not who may be concealed by the innumerable trunks and the thick boughs overhead, so that with lonely footsteps he may yet be passing through an unseen multitude. There may be a devil behind every tree, said Goodman Brown to himself, and he glanced fearfully behind him as he added, What if the devil himself should be at my very elbow?
1: (laughs) The devil's playing with his weenus. (laughs) (laughs) It's very weird that he's like at my elbow, not my arm or my head or my hip. No, my weenus, my little elbow. I'm off to
0: bang a witch, and the devil's at Mawinas.
1: Yeah, it's a good story. It's nasty.
0: (laughs) His head being turned back, he passed a crook of the road and, looking forward again, beheld the figure of a man in grave and decent attire, seated at the foot of an old tree. He arose at Goodman Brown's approach and walked onward side by side with him. You are late, Goodman Brown," said he. The clock of the old South was striking as I came through Boston, and that is full fifteen minutes agone. Faith Damn! He travels me-
1: fast. <laughs> that's Not a pretty. From- that's a long way on horseback. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's, How I far mean, is Salem from Boston? It's
1: like 30 minutes on oh. car. All right. Yeah, or, or he ride, he's he got a really fast horse. I guess. Or he's a witch.
0: <laughs> it could be the devil.
1: Oh, that's right. The devil's the, the, Yeah, because the devil is side by side with him out playing with his weenus. That's yeah. right. Okay.
0: Faith kept me back a while, replied the young man with a tremor in his voice caused by the sudden appearance of his companion, though not wholly unexpected. It was now deep dusk in the forest, and deepest in that part of it where these two were journeying. As nearly as could be discerned, the second traveler was about fifty years old, apparently the same rank of life as Goodman Brown, and bearing a considerable resemblance to him, though perhaps more in expression than features. Still, they might have been taken for father and son, and yet Though the elder person was as simply clad as the younger and as simple in manner, too, he had an indescribable air of one who knew the world and who would not have felt abashed at the governor's dinner table or in King William's court were it possible that his affairs could call him thither. But the only thing about him that could be fixed upon as remarkable was his staff, which bore (laughs) the likeness of a great black snake so curiously wrought that it might almost be seen to twist and wriggle itself like a living (laughs) serpent.
1: That was the dirtiest thing we've ever read on this podcast. (laughs) He was an old man with a remarkable... Black staff that wriggled around like a serpent. <laughs> get it? No wonder they're hiding in the woods. They got some. They got some dirty deeds to do.
0: They got some black staff wriggling to get done.
1: Yeah, get it.
0: This, of course, must have been an ocular deception assisted by the uncertain light. Mm -hmm. Nobody is hung that thickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: just the shadows. It's just
1: the shadows, dude. There's there's no way unless he's a wizard. Warlock? Warlock if he was a witch, yes.
0: Come, Goodman Brown, (laughs) cried his fellow traveler.
1: It just keeps getting better.
0: This is a dull pace for the beginning of a journey. Take my staff, if you are so soon weary.
1: Yeah, I'll energize you, Goodman Brown. Take it
0: and come.
1: (laughs) Take my staff and come on a journey.
0: Friend, said the other, exchanging his slow pace for a full stop. Having kept covenant by meeting thee here, it is my purpose now to return whence I came. I have scruples touching the matter thou wouldst of. Sayest thou so, replied he of the serpent, smiling apart. Let us walk on, nevertheless, reasoning as we go, and if I convince thee not, thou shalt turn back. We are but a little way in the forest yet. Too far.
1: (laughs) We're only halfway in. No, it's too far.
0: (laughs) Too far, exclaimed the goodman, unconsciously resuming his walk. My father never went into the woods on such an errand, nor his father before him. We have been a race of honest men and good Christians since the days of the martyrs, and I shall be the first of the name of Brown that ever took this path and kept such company thou wouldst say observed the elder person interpreting his pause well said Goodman Brown I have been as well acquainted with your family as with ever a one among the Puritans and that's no trifle to say I helped your grandfather, the constable, when he lashed the Quaker woman so smartly through the streets of Salem, and it was I that brought your father a pitch pine knot, kindled at my own hearth to set fire to an Indian village in King Philip's war. They were my good friends. Both, and many a pleasant walk have we had along this path and returned merrily after midnight. I would fain be friends with you for their sake.
1: Oh, shit, he didn't know he was a descendant of a bunch of warlocks. <laughs> yeah. Or a bunch of people who have sold their soul to the devil or some shit. Like, Also, why he whipping a Quaker woman through the streets? Betsy Ross would not take that shit.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, because Quakers aren't Puritans, and she probably had an opinion and deserved to be whipped for it. She was
1: probably educated, and she read out loud, and so he's like, Bitch, shut your mouth! Witch! Witch!
0: (laughs) If it be as thou sayest, replied Goodman Brown, I marvel they never spoke of these matters, or verily... I marvel not, seeing that the least rumor of the sort would have driven them from New England. We are a people of prayer and good works to boot and abide no such wickedness. Wickedness or not, said the traveler with the twisted staff. I have a very general acquaintance here in New England. The deacons of many a church have drunk the communion wine with me. The selectmen of diverse towns make me their chairman, and a majority of the great and general court are firm supporters of my interest. The governor and I, too. But these are state secrets.
1: This guy has to be the devil.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%.
1: Like, this has to be, like, Satan, or, like, Satan's mister, or, yeah, like, instead of a black dog representing Satan, it's a big black cock, like, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a big black staff.
0: (laughs) Black serpent. It's a black Black, serpent.
1: Oh, yeah, snake. Yeah, I I guess that's more biblical. I'm sorry. I apologize. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, this so far, to me, is seeming like a not-so-thinly-veiled criticism of Puritan beliefs.
1: Oh, well, that's what Nathaniel Hawthorne did, yep. so that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, in no way did I think he was going to be like, Yay, burning witches is fun! <laughs> <laughs> no, Nathaniel Hawthorne had very strong opinions about, about these hey, people.
0: Hey, do you guys like campfires? Have you tried burning witches instead? <sighs> "'Can this be so?' cried Goodman Brown, with a stare of amazement at his undisturbed companion. "'Howbeit I have nothing to do with the governor and council. "'They have their own ways and are no rule for a simple husbandman like me. "'But were I to go on with thee, how should I meet the eye of that good old man, "'our minister at Salem Village?' Oh, his voice would make me tremble both Sabbath day and lecture day Thus far the elder traveler had listened with due gravity, but now burst into a fit of Irrepressible mirth shaking himself so violently that his snake-like staff Actually seemed to wriggle in sympathy <laughs> Ah shouted he again and again, then composing himself, Well, go on, goodman brown, go on, but prithee, don't kill me with laughing.
1: shit. He's like, that's hilarious. You're a fucking moron. (laughs) If you're gonna kill me, stab me through the heart or burn me at the stake. But come on, don't make me laugh. But
0: stop saying stupid shit.
1: You're a dumb dummy.
0: Well then, to end the matter at once, said Goodman Brown, considerably nettled, there is my wife, Faith. It would break her dear little heart, and I'd rather break my own. "'Nay, if that be the case,' answered the other, "'e'en go thy ways, Goodman Brown. "'I would not for twenty old women like the one hobbling before us that faith should come to any harm.' "'As he spoke, he pointed his staff at a female figure on the path, "'in whom Goodman Brown recognized a very pious and exemplary dame, who had taught him his catechism in youth and was still his moral and spiritual advisor, jointly with the minister and deacon Gookin.
1: Demon bitch!
0: <laughs> a marvel, truly, that Goody Cloyce should be so far in the wilderness at nightfall, said he. But with your leave, friend, I shall take a cut through the woods until we have left this Christian woman behind being a stranger to you, she might ask whom I was consorting with, and whither I was going. Be it so, said his fellow traveler, but take you to the woods, and let me keep the path. Accordingly, the young man turned aside but took care to watch his companion who advanced softly along the road until he had come within a staff's length of the old dame.
1: Whoa, don't get so close. She doesn't want your dick on her. <laughs>
0: we have already established that his staff's length is quite sizable.
1: Yes, well, that's true. That's true. But yeah, we don't know how what it, if it's wriggling around right now. We don't know what's right. going on.
0: She meanwhile was making the best of her way with singular speed for so aged a woman, and mumbling some indistinct words, a prayer doubtless, as she went. The traveller put forth his staff and touched her withered neck with what seemed the serpent's tail.
1: He touched her neck with his his staff.
0: With the tip, yeah. Just with the, the tip of his staff.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, the devil. Screamed the pious old lady. Then Goody Cloyce knows her old friend, observed the traveler, confronting her and leaning on his writhing stick. <laughs>
1: it's like a kickstand. Tripod.
0: Stand. It's a kickstand. Yeah, I said tripod. Ooh, <laughs> woo! Ah, <laughs> uh, forsooth. And is it your worship indeed? cried the good dame. Yea, truly it is, and in the very image of my old gossip, Goodman Brown, the grandfather of the silly fellow that now is. But would your worship believe it, my broomstick hath strangely disappeared, stolen as I suspect. By that unhanged witch Goody Cory, and that too when I was all anointed with the juice of smallage and clinkfoil and wolf's bane. "'Mingled with fine wheat and the fat of a new born babe,' said the shape of old Goodman Brown. "'Ah, your worship knows the recipe,' cried the old lady, cackling aloud. "'So, as I was saying, being all ready for the meeting and no horse to ride on, I made up my mind.' to foot it, for they tell me there is a nice young man to be taken into communion tonight, but now your good worship will lend me your arm, and we shall be there in a twinkling. That can hardly be, answered her friend. I may not spare you my arm, goody Cloyce, but here is my staff, if you will. <laughs> good God! He's just trying to get everyone to take his staff. This dude is indiscriminate.
1: He's like, you can't have my weenus, but I'll give you my penis. (laughs) Also, what the fuck is going on? All these people are in on this, like, demon circle that's about to happen in the woods. Like, all the people that were supposedly, like, the good people of Salem. Yeah. Yep. Here we go.
0: (laughs) They all either take the wean or the peen.
1: The wean or the peen. And then they bitch and say you can't take the wean or the peen or you're the devil. Well, they're taking the wean or the peen in the forest late at night, not telling anybody. Wow, it sounds like the Republican part. I mean, what? (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) So saying, he threw it down at her feet where perhaps it assumed life. "'being one of the rods which its owner had formerly lent to the Egyptian magi. "'Of this fact, however, Goodman Brown could not take cognizance. "'He had cast up his eyes in astonishment, and looking down again, "'beheld neither Goody Cloyce nor the serpentine staff, "'but his fellow traveller, alone, who waited for him as calmly as if nothing had happened.' That old woman taught me my catechism, said the young man, and there was a world of meeting in that simple comment. They continued to walk onward, while the elder traveler exhorted his companion to make good speed and persevere in the path discoursing so aptly that his argument seemed rather to spring up in the bosom of his auditor than to be suggested by himself. As they went, he plucked a branch of maple to serve for a walking stick and began to strip it of twigs and little boughs which were wet with evening dew. The moment his fingers touched them. They became strangely withered and dried up as with a week's sunshine. Thus, the pair proceeded at a good free pace, until suddenly, in a gloomy hollow of the road, Goodman Brown sat himself down on the stump of a tree and refused to go any farther.
1: He's like, no, no, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Are we there yet? Are we there yet? No.
0: Your big, black, Wrigley staff went away. I'm not interested anymore. Friend, said he stubbornly, my mind is made up. Not another step will I budge on this errand. What if a wretched old woman do choose to go to the devil when I thought she was going to heaven? Is that any reason why I should quit my dear faith and go after her? You will think better of this by and by, said his acquaintance composedly sit here and rest yourself a while and when you feel like moving again, there is my staff to help you along
1: this guy's just pulling staffs out of his pockets here and there
0: <laughs> why does he have so many staffs
1: it's like it's like um what's the like eight-headed monster in Greek mythology except instead of headed it's headed as in like he's got eight wings he's got eight Don't staffs. D-
0: <laughs> Don't, like, kangaroos or koalas or something have two?
1: What? <laughs> well, if koalas have it, that explains all the chlamydia. Because <laughs> if you had two weens, just, you are just get bored all the time.
0: <laughs> Animal with.
1: You're going to get weird Google things now. <laughs>
0: Animal with I'm going to You're going to do restricted search Turn on, turn on incognito <laughs> mode
1: You're going to start getting weird Things on Amazon I know Echidnas that Echidnas
0: have a four headed penis
1: A Four headed penis
0: Yes but only two are used At the same time Dolphins only have one, but they are particularly dexterous with it.
1: Oh yes, and they 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 kinky. Dolphins are kinky.
0: Barnacle penises are about eight times the length of the rest of their body.
1: Barnacles have penises?
0: Apparently.
1: I thought they were like one-celled creatures. You step on those all over the place. I wonder how many barnacle dicks I've stepped on when I'm at the beach,
0: the <laughs> like when I'm on rocks. Slug the sea oh. slug has a single-use penis.
1: I know. I have jerked off a sea sl- slug. <laughs> I apologize. Um, I went on a... Uh, I was told by marine biologists to do this. So you just, like, you pick up a sneeze slug while you're, you're you're snorkeling. You keep it under the water. You pick it up, and you just, like, move it back and forth a little bit, and it, spo- <laughs> it spoots at you. <laughs> it's a protective method.
0: <laughs> okay but they are single use which means once it does that once it's done
1: oh then it's not then it doesn't spooch at you it, it uh poops at you okay yeah yeah it's just what it's like it's like when you like a squid squirts its ink like it's gotcha. a protective method yep so a sea slug or a sea cucumber i i think i'm talking about a sea cucumber by the way not a sea slug
0: Ah, uh, yeah cool different, different things. things yeah yeah
1: Both slimy underwater creatures that spooch at you, yeah.
0: Anyway, here's my staff to help you along.
1: All right, let's go back to to this guy's big black staff.
0: Without more words, he threw his companion the maple stick and was as speedily out of sight as if he had vanished into the deepening gloom. The young man sat a few moments by the roadside, applauding himself greatly and thinking with how clear a conscience he should meet the minister in his morning walk, nor shrink from the eye of good old Deacon Gookin. And what (laughs) calm sleep would be his that very night, which was to have been spent so wickedly but so purely and sweetly now in the arms of faith.
1: See, he could have just been home fucking instead. He's like, yep, he's literally consorting with the devil.
0: Amidst these pleasant, praiseworthy meditations, Goodman Brown heard the tramp of horses along the road and deemed it advisable to conceal himself within the verge of the forest, conscious of the guilty purpose that had brought him thither, though now so happily turned from it on came the hoof tramps and the voices of riders two grave old voices conversing soberly as they drew near these mingled sounds appeared to pass along the road within a few yards of the young man's hiding place but owing doubtless to the depth of the gloom at that particular spot neither the travelers nor their steeds were visible Though their figures brushed the small boughs by the wayside, it could not be seen that they intercepted, even for a moment, the faint gleam from the strip of bright sky athwart which they must have passed. Goodman Brown alternately crouched and stood on tiptoe, pulling aside the branches and thrusting forth his head as far as he durst without discerning so much as a shadow it vexed him the more because he could have sworn were such a thing possible that he recognized the voices of the minister and deacon Gookin jogging along quietly as they were wont to do when bound to some ordination or ecclesiastical council. While yet within hearing, one of the riders stopped to pluck a switch. Of the Too reverend sir,' said the voice like the deacons, "'I had rather miss an ordination dinner than tonight's meeting. "'They tell me that some of our community are to be here from Falmouth and beyond, "'and others from Connecticut and Rhode Island, "'besides several of the Indian powwows who, after their fashion, "'know almost as much deviltry as the best of us.'" Moreover, there is a goodly young woman to be taken into communion.
1: Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I I just had a premonition. I don't like it.
0: (laughs) Mighty well, Deacon Cookin', replied the solemn old tones of the minister. Spur up, or we shall be late. Nothing can be done, you know, until I get to the ground. The hooves clattered again, and the voices, talking so strangely in the empty air, passed on through the forest where no church had ever been gathered or solitary Christian prayed. Whither, then, could these holy men be journeying so deep into heathen wilderness? Young Goodman Brown caught hold of a tree for support, being ready to sink down on the ground, faint and overburdened with the heavy sickness of his heart. He looked up to the sky, doubting whether there really was a heaven above him. Yet there was a blue arc and the stars brightening in it. With heaven above and faith below, I will yet stand firm against the devil, cried Goodman Brown. While he still gazed upward into the deep arc of the firmament and had lifted his hands to pray, a cloud, though no wind was stirring, hurried across the zenith and hid the brightening stars. The blue sky was still visible, except directly overhead where this black mass of cloud was sweeping swiftly northward, aloft in the air as if from the depths of the cloud came a confused and doubtful sound of voices. Once, the listener fancied that he could distinguish the accents of townspeople of his own, men and women, both pious and ungodly, many of whom he had met at the communion table and had seen others rioting at the tavern. The next moment, so indistinct were the sounds, he doubted whether he had heard aught but the murmur of the old forest whispering without a wind. Then came a stronger swell of those familiar tones heard daily in the sunshine at Salem village but never until now from a cloud of night there was one voice of a young woman uttering lamentations yet with an uncertain sorrow and entreating for some favor which perhaps it would grieve her to obtain and all the unseen multitude both saints and sinners seemed to encourage her onward.
1: Wow, wow.
0: "Faith!" shouted Goodman Brown in a voice of agony and desperation, and the echoes of the forest mocked him crying, "Faith! Faith!" as if bewildered wretches were seeking her all through the wilderness. The cry of grief, rage, and terror was yet piercing the night when the unhappy husband held his breath for a response. There was a scream drowned immediately in a louder murmur of voices fading into far-off laughter as the dark clouds swept away, leaving the clear and silent sky above Goodman Brown. But something fluttered lightly down through the air and caught on the branch of a tree. The young man seized it and beheld a pink ribbon. Oh, shit!
1: Did she just get flown over by a witch on a broom? <laughs>
0: uh, or the devil is playing tricks on him.
1: Well, I, I assume the devil's playing tricks on him to get him in the forest, but, <laughs> yeah.
0: This is basically just Pennywise.
1: <laughs> Showing instead him... Of, Instead of Showing a red him balloon, stuff. yeah. Yeah. Oh, that gets him there, yeah.
0: Yeah. Showing him what he needs to show him in order to get him to come down, not into the sewer, but out into the woods.
1: Yeah, or like a mockingjay in The Hunger Games.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. "'My faith is gone,' cried he after one stupefied moment. "'There is no good on earth, and sin is but a name. "'Come, devil, for to thee is this world given.'" and maddened with despair, so that he laughed loud and long did Goodman Brown grasp his staff and set forth again at such a rate that he seemed to fly along the forest path rather than to walk or run. The road grew wilder and drearier and more faintly traced and vanished at length, leaving him in the heart of the dark wilderness still rushing onward with the instinct that guides mortal man to evil. The whole forest was peopled with frightful sounds, the creaking of trees and the howling of wild beasts, while sometimes the wind told like a distant church bell and sometimes gave a broad roar around the traveler, as if all nature were laughing him to scorn but he was himself the chief horror of the scene and shrank not from its other horrors. (laughs) Ha ha ha! Roared Goodman Brown when the wind laughed at him. Let us hear which will laugh loudest. Think not to frighten me with your devil tree. Come, witch. Come, wizard. Come, devil himself. And here comes Goodman Brown. You may as well fear him as he fear you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In truth... get it. All through the haunted forest, there could be nothing more frightful than the figure of Goodman Brown. On he flew among the black pines, brandishing his staff with frenzied gestures, now giving vent to an inspiration of horrid blasphemy, and now shouting forth such laughter as set all the echoes of the forest, laughing like demons around him.
1: So the he's just standing in-, in the middle of the forest, playing with his staff and screaming like swear words. Yeah. <laughs> he's just masturbating in a dark forest right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh wee! <laughs> come devil, come get me! Ah, fucking shit! Blah blah blah. Just like a, that's just a funny image.
0: And for some <laughs> reason, it's making him laugh and swear.
1: Masturbation is evil in the Puritan culture, so the devil has taken over. <laughs> Sorry, continue on with this beautiful descriptive language that I interrupted with horrible, horrible juvenile humor.
0: On he flew among the black pines, brandishing his staff with frenzied gestures, now giving vent to an inspiration of horrid blasphemy, and now shouting forth such laughter as set all the echoes of the forest laughing like demons around him. The fiend in his own shape is less hideous than when he rages in the breast of man. Thus sped the demoniac... Demoniac? Demoniac. That's fun. Demoniac.
1: That sounds demoniac, like a car. Like a
0: Demon Maniac. Demoniac. Uh,
1: see, I was going to say like a Demon Pontiac. <laughs> that's the that's the Halloween uh special edition of the Pontiac Subaru <laughs> or whatever.
0: The Demoniac.
1: The Demoniac Subaru. <laughs>
0: Thus sped the demoniac on his course until, quivering among the trees, he saw a red light before him, as when the felled trunks and branches of a clearing have been set on fire and throw up their lurid blaze against the sky at the hour of midnight. He paused in a lull of the tempest that had driven him onward and heard the swell of what seemed a hymn rolling solemnly from a distance with the weight of many voices he knew the tune it was a familiar one in the choir of the village meeting house the verse died heavily away and was lengthened by a chorus not of human voices but of all the sounds of the benighted wilderness pealing in awful harmony together goodman brown cried out and his cry was lost to his own ear by its unison with the cry of the desert. In the interval of silence, he stole forward until the light glared full upon his eyes. At one extremity of an open space, hemmed in by the dark wall of the forest, arose a rock bearing some rude natural resemblance either to an altar or a pulpit, and surrounded by four blazing pines, their tops aflame, their stems untouched like candles at an evening meeting. The mass of a foliage that had overgrown the summit of the rock was all on fire, blazing high into the night and fitfully illuminating the whole field. Each pendant twig and leafy festoon was in a blaze. As the red light arose and fell, a numerous congregation Alternately shone forth, then disappeared in shadow, and again grew, as it were, out of the darkness, peopling the heart of the solitary woods at once. A grave and dark clad company, quoth Goodman Brown. In truth, they were such. Among them, quivering to and fro, between gloom and splendor, appeared faces that would be seen next day at the council board of the province and others which, Sabbath after Sabbath, looked devoutly heavenward and benignly over the crowded pews from the holiest pulpits in the land.
1: This is like showing up at a swingers party and you're like, oh shit, this is like my entire church and like my family. (laughs) And you're like, Oh, no, this did not go the way I wanted it to. (laughs) This is going to be awkward in the morning.
0: (laughs) So what do you think has the potential for a more awkward interaction? Seeing someone you didn't expect at a swingers party or seeing someone you didn't expect at a family reunion?
1: What did you do with that person that's at the family reunion? (laughs)
0: I don't know. How do you know the person at the swingers party? I'm saying, what do you think has the most potential for great I think awkwardness?
1: The swingers party. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just me at a swingers party would be funny in itself, but like, <laughs> I'd be like, this is awkward. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we are continuing to list all of the people there.
1: Yes, let, let, let's, find, let's find out who these fucking heathens are. These Some hypocrite a- heathens.
0: Some affirm that the Lady of the Governor was there. At least there were high dames well known to her, and wives of honored husbands, and widows, and great multitude, and ancient maidens, all of excellent repute, and fair young girls who trembled lest their mothers should espy them. Either the sudden gleams of light flashing over the obscure field bedazzled Goodman Brown, or he recognized a score of the church members of Salem Village famous for their especial sanctity. Good old Deacon Gookin had arrived and waited at the skirts of that venerable saint, his reverend pastor. But... Irreverently consorting with these grave, reputable, and pious people, these elders of the church, these chaste dames and dewy virgins, there were men of dissolute lives and women of spotted fame, wretches given over to all mean and filthy vice and suspected even of horrid crimes. Oh, so wait, this
1: is like real church in the the forest. It's like... In, in public, we tell you all you fucking suck and you're going to burn in hell, but we meet in the forest with the devil and um, we actually, like, you know, help you out and it's like, Jesus, what would Jesus do?
0: <laughs> well, it, it is the idea that, you know, they they say the Church of Satan is actually quite welcoming and super helpful.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, like uh, I, I was watching a, a short documentary on that the other day of, like, the whole deman- demonic, or sa- satanic panic. Yeah. and how that really fucked over like people who are of the church of satan because satanism is actually a very welcoming
0: religion. <laughs> they take all kinds.
1: Yeah, you know. Don't don't we all?
0: Do we all? We all should. Uh, Everyone all should take all kinds.
1: We should.
0: <laughs> there are lots of great organizations out there that do. Yes. It was strange to see that the good shrank not from the wicked, nor were the sinners abashed by the saints. But where is faith, thought Goodman Brown, and as hope came into his heart, he trembled. Another verse of the hymn arose, a slow and mournful strain such as the pious love, but joined to words which expressed all that our nature can conceive of sin and darkly hinted at far more. Oh, a euphemistic Satan
1: hymn. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Unfathomable to mere mortals is the lore of fiends. Verse after verse was sung, and still the chorus of the desert swelled between like the deepest tone of a mighty organ. And with the final peal of that dreadful anthem, there came a sound, as if the roaring wind, the rushing streams, the howling beasts, and every other voice of the unconcerted wilderness were mingling and according with the voice of guilty man in homage to the Prince of All. The four blazing pines threw up a loftier flame and obscurely discovered shapes and visages of horror on the smoke wreaths above the impious assembly. At the same moment, the fire on the rock shot redly forth and formed a glowing arc above its base, where now appeared a figure, with reverence be it spoken. The figure bore no slight similitude, both in garb and manner, to some grave divine of the New England churches. Bring forth the converts, cried a voice that echoed through the field and rolled into the forest.
1: I'm so excited.
0: (laughs) At the word... Goodman Brown stepped forth from the shadow of the trees and approached the congregation with whom he felt a loathful brotherhood by the sympathy of all that was wicked in his heart. He could have well nigh sworn that the shape of his own dead father beckoned him to advance, looking downward from a smoke wreath, while a woman with dim features of despair threw out her hand to warn him back. Was it his mother? But he had no power to retreat one step, nor to resist even in thought, when the minister and good old deacon Gookin seized his arms and led him to the blazing rock. Thither came also the slender form of a veiled female, led between Goody Clois, that pious teacher of the catechism, and Martha Carrier. Who had received the devil's promise to be queen of hell?
1: Whoa! I want that devil's promise. That sounds cool. <laughs>
0: That's a good job.
1: She got to be. She gets to be queen of hell. <laughs> Sweet.
0: A rampant hag was she. You're just and jealous. There...
1: You're just jealous.
0: <laughs> and there stood the proselytes beneath the canopy of fire. Welcome, my children, said the dark figure, to the communion of your race. Ye have found thus young your nature and your destiny. My children, look behind you. They turned, and flashing forth as it were in a sheet of flame, the fiend worshippers were seen. The smile of welcome gleamed darkly on every visage. There, resumed the stable form, are all whom ye have reverenced from youth. Ye deemed them holier than yourselves and shrank from your own sin, contrasting it with their lives of righteousness and prayerful aspirations heavenward. Yet here are they all in my worshipping assembly, This night it shall be granted you to know their secret deeds. How hoary-bearded elders of the church have whispered wanton words to the young maids of their households. How many a woman, eager for widow's weeds, has given her husband a drink at bedtime and let him sleep his last sleep in her bosom how beardless youths have made haste to inherit their father's wealth, and how fair damsels, blush not sweet ones, have dug little graves in the garden and bidden me the sole guest at an infant's funeral. By the sympathy of your human hearts for sin, ye shall scent out all the places, whether in church, bedchamber, street, field, or forest, where crime has been committed, and shall exult to behold the whole earth, one stain of guilt, one mighty blood spot. Far more than this. It shall be yours to penetrate in every bosom the deep mystery of sin, the fountain of all wicked arts, and which inexhaustibly supplies more evil impulses than human power, than my power at its utmost can make manifest in deeds. And now, my children, look upon each other. They did so. And by the blaze of the hell-kindled torches, the wretched man beheld his faith, the wife her husband, trembling before that unhallowed altar. Lo, there ye stand, my children, said the figure in a deep and solemn tone, almost sad with its despairing awfulness, as if his once angelic nature could yet mourn for our miserable race. Depending upon one another's hearts, ye had still hope that virtue were not all a dream. Now are ye undeceived. Evil is the nature of mankind. Evil must be your only happiness. Welcome again, my children, to the communion of your race.
1: Humans are the devil. Yay.
0: "'Welcome!' repeated the fiend-worshippers in one cry of despair and triumph. And there they stood, the only pair, as it seemed, who were yet hesitating on the verge of wickedness in this dark world. A basin was hollowed naturally in the rock. Did it contain water, reddened by the lurid light, or was it blood?' or, perchance, a liquid flame. Herein did the shape of evil dip his hand and prepare to lay the mark of baptism upon their foreheads, that they might be partakers of the mystery of sin, more conscious of this secret guilt of others, both in deed and thought, than they could now be of their own. The husband cast one look at his pale wife and faith at him, what polluted wretches would the next glance show them to each other, shuddering alike at what they disclosed and what they saw?
1: Oh damn, what'd they do? They have Faith. to have done something to be there.
0: <laughs> well, they're they're considering turning there and everyone has done shit.
1: Well, yeah, I just want to know what they did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Faith! Faith! cried the husband. Look up to heaven and resist the wicked one. Whether Faith obeyed, he knew not. Hardly had he spoken when he found himself amid calm night and solitude, listening to a roar of the wind which died heavily away through the forest. He staggered against a rock and felt it chill and damp while a hanging twig that had been all on fire besprinkled his cheek with the coldest dew.
1: Oh shit, he rejected Satan!
0: The next morning, young Goodman Brown came slowly into the street of Salem Village, staring around him like a bewildered man.
1: He was on mushrooms the whole time.
0: The good old minister was taking a walk along the graveyard to get an appetite for breakfast and meditate his sermon, and bestowed a blessing as he passed on Goodman Brown. He shrank from the venerable saint as if to avoid an anathema. Old Deacon Gookin was at domestic worship, and the holy words of his prayer were heard through the open window. What doth the wizard pray to, quoth Goodman Brown. Goody Cloyce, that excellent old Christian, stood in the early sunshine at her own lattice, catechizing a little girl who had brought her a pint of morning's milk. Goodman Brown snatched away the child as from the grasp of the fiend himself. Turning the corner by the meeting house, he spied the head of faith with the pink ribbons, gazing anxiously forth and bursting into such joy at sight of him that she skipped along the street and almost kissed her husband before the whole village. But Goodman Brown looked sternly and sadly into her face and passed on without greeting. Rude! (laughs) Had Goodman Brown fallen asleep in the forest and only dreamed a wild dream of a witch meeting? Be it so, if you will. But alas, it was a dream of evil omen for young Goodman Brown. A stern, a sad, a darkly meditative, a distrustful, if not a desperate man, did he become from the night of that fearful dream. On the Sabbath day, when the congregation were singing a holy psalm, he could not listen because an anthem of sin rushed loudly upon his ear and drowned all the blessed strain. When the minister spoke from the pulpit with power and fervid eloquence and with his hand on an open Bible of the sacred truths of our religion and of saint-like lives and triumphant deaths, and of future bliss or misery unmutterable, then did Goodman Brown turn pale, dreading lest the roof should thunder down upon the grey blasphemer and his hearers. Often, waking suddenly at midnight, he shrank from the bosom of faith. And at morning or eventide, when the family knelt down to prayer, he scowled and muttered to himself, and gazed sternly at his wife and turned away. And when he had lived long and was borne to his grave a hoary corpse, followed by faith an aged woman and children and grandchildren, a goodly procession besides neighbors, not a few, they carved no hopeful verse upon his tombstone, for his dying hour was gloom. The end.
1: That was, like, the best dare commercial I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) That was, like, don't take acid. You will have a miserable existence.
0: (laughs) Dare to keep kids off Satan.
1: (laughs) No, it's like he, like, tripped in the forest and had this, like, such real, like, vision of all these horrible things. All born out of him being a, like, judgmental poo-poo face, you know? (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, he went and uh, visited—who was it? Which one was the drug dealer? Cersei?
1: Cersei, yeah.
0: Yeah, he went and visited Cersei and just tripped real hard.
1: Yeah, there were quite a few that were like— that were like, we give you yummy drugs and then you do stupid things. Um so yeah, a witch in the forest.
0: God damn it, Baba Yaga.
1: Ba- <laughs> Baba Yada.
0: <laughs> God damn it, baby Yoda.
1: Baby Yoda. You you sly creature, you. I wanna
0: um, see that the, I wanna see that um buddy comedy. Baby Yoda. Ba-
1: Baba Yada and Baby Yoda?
0: <laughs> yeah. Baba Yaga <laughs> and Baby Yoda team up for <laughs> For, for wild for, hygiene. For
1: shenanigans in the forest. Yeah. Yes. I like it. I like it. Um that was really good. That's beautiful writing.
0: Oh, he always is.
1: That was like very captivating. I felt like I was watching a movie the whole time, which was cool. Like I could see it. Yeah. Which I His, like
0: I seem to remember I do I don't remember what was what was the last thing we read by him.
1: I forget. I forget. But it was also very Descriptive. I should have looked that up before. Here we
0: go. What did we do? The minister's black veil.
1: Yes, that's right. Yep. it was like the, the judgmental people. Like yep. yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah it's huge, that episode
0: it's, was called "Nice Hat, Bra." Yeah,
1: <laughs> nice hat, bra. Um. Yeah, this. Uh, I.
0: I yeah. Don't... So his his writing always makes me feel like it's it wants to be um like movie voiceover.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's very like documentary, like it's almost like reenactment. It's like and then he walked down in Atlanta, and then the four, and then you see it all happen. You, you <laughs> want
0: it all to be read by um uh, what's his name? Attenborough.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> that would be really weird. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can't I don't I wonder if it was like a bad trip. I wonder if he actually met the devil. I wonder if he didn't actually say turn away from the devil and instead he took the devil and everyone else turned away. And so that's why he became sad all the time. Or if he denied the devil, so he was the only one not having a good time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, clearly he just he didn't have whatever it was whatever that moment was he had seen too much yeah and he was no longer able to fully trust again
1: yeah yeah that's it that's dark as shit yep but we don't even know if it happened no <laughs> he, he doesn't even know if it that happened. That's like the worst dream, or again, the best dare commercial you've ever met. Like, yeah. It's, it's, uh, don't take hallucinogens.
0: Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he had come to a realization about humanity, um, that he could not, whether, whether it, whether it was a real event or a sort of internally motivated, dream motivated realization, it was a realization of humanity that he couldn't take back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, that's, that's dark, man. Yep. Um, I'm sure there are many levels of, uh, of, of what that was all about and yeah. what Nathaniel Hawthorne, because I mean, Nathaniel Hawthorne basically was like the Puritan sucks. So like,
0: yeah. well, <laughs> so. And clearly no, clearly no coincidence that her name was Faith.
1: Oh, well, of course not. That yeah. He turned. He turned away from faith, literally. And it, well,
0: and and but then at the end, it the question is: Did he turn away from faith, or did faith turn away from him?
1: Or what did he actually go to do in the in the forest that was naughty? Because <laughs> like, who did he actually meet in the forest? It was someone who looked like an older version of him. Yeah. Like. It's like future him, like or yeah. Is it? Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in there. I want to like unpack the shit out of this one and be like, what was that about? Hey, um, listener,
0: uh, feel free to um, send us uh, your personal theory. interpretation of this story. Let us know what you thought. Did we miss any like big obvious moments? Uh, any obvious sort of? symbolism or euphemistic material. Um, (laughs) We
1: missed a lot of that. The last sentence said something about hoary corpses. (laughs) So
0: so let let us know what you think we got right. Let us know what you think we got wrong or maybe just missed or, or didn't dissect as interestingly as we could have. And when you send us that message, please include at some point uh, this week's secret passcode, the ween or the peen.
1: The ween or the peen? That is the question.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't think I—I I don't think I—I I have the brain space to fully dissect this. I—I'm going to need to swallow. I,
1: I'm going to need to swallow it like that big black staff, um, and and think about it later.
0: <laughs> All right. Chew on the big black staff for a while.
1: Don't chew on it. God damn. No wonder he goes all crazy. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh,
0: you got anything else?
1: No, that's it. Um that was a fun. That was a little fun little little episode right there. Yeah, uh, well thanks, chosen. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, that was that was fun. I Witchy Witchy and Spooky and Salem-y. I love yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for an excellent choice. Uh thank you Heather. Thank you Nathaniel Hawthorne for um Writing that story, and uh, I and assume great listening read, Kenneth. to us—that was read. good. Um, thank you very much. Yes. Uh, uh, thank you, David, for probably listening to the podcast. I have uh, to yes. assume.
1: Yes, our and, new celebrity friend. Yes. Uh,
0: until next week, this has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your show.
1: Spooky, 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 Salem. Lobster, 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 Maine. Greedy, 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 Philadelphia. (gasps) That's just been my last...